Imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women. Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining the Lead Hership Global program this week. At Lead Hership Global, we feature inspiring connections with powerful women in business, politics, and entertainment, providing priceless guidance that you can use today to show up, speak up, and step up in your career and your personal life. Learn more about this confidential, supportive, and global community on our website, leadhershipglobal.com. You know, conflict resolution is more than a soft skill. It's a deliberate and conscious effort that encompasses a bit of understanding about psychology, humanity, anthropology, and even sociology. With the prevalence of conflict in our everyday life, there is no better time to gain conflict intelligence than right now. In today's program, we'll talk about alternative ways of handling difficult conversations, shedding a light on how conflict resolution can impact an organization's positive culture, as well as your career development. Now, not all conflict can be resolved, but it can be managed. And the most effective leaders have developed the ability to handle conflicts, and they see conflict as an opportunity to grow. Conflict intelligence is the ability to harness the skills and resources needed to manage conflicts in the organization. And as a leader, your ability to understand the different cultural paradigms and other intrinsic and extrinsic factors is critical in conflict management. As subtle as it can be, conflict management is the key to getting the very best out of everyone. It's the glue that holds everyone together, regardless of their cultural differences. Now, that's why I'm so excited to welcome Yvette Durazo to today's program. Yvette is the author of the book, Conflict Intelligence, The Missing Piece to Turbocharge Leaders and Organizations' emotional intelligence. And she's the principal of Unitive Consulting, a workplace organizational effectiveness, strategic conflict management, and leadership development firm. Some of her services include mediating conflicts in the workplace, anti-bullying prevention, settlement negotiation, developing dispute system design, and bringing unique strategies to address diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. That is passionate about optimizing professionals and teams to engage in constructive problem-solving communication, instilling respect, civility, and collaboration. She believes that human conflict is one of the most important things that organizations must learn to work with and harness optimal employee performance and engagement. Welcome, Yvette. Now, I have to ask, what led you to have such passion around negotiation and conflict resolution? I realized that there was a field that was about uh, conflict coaching. And from there on, I I realized also that um, that was a very close skill that I would see my dad had 
as he was raising us and building his business, the way he will treat people, his peacemaking or peace building personality type, I thought, you know what, I'm into something very important, something that will help leaders in, in any organization to become strong leaders and be uh, leaders of service to others. So that's how it came about, my passion to develop my specialty in this area. Thank you so much for explaining how you develop such passion around the topic of negotiation and conflict resolution. And you know, you mentioned empathy. Now, as we all know, empathy wins in a crisis. And this is where women have unique leadership capabilities that position them well in conflict resolution and negotiation. From your perspective, Yvette, where do women's leadership skills, leveraging soft skills like empathy, humility, and self-knowledge actually come into play in conflict resolution and negotiation? Very good question, Linda. And that's kind of brought me in into my uh my growing up in in the border, right? As as you can, as you can hear from my accent, I I am uh, bilingual. I speak Spanish. I was born in between the borders, and that also led me to see perspectives and in, in, in situations in a very different different way. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, and I noticed it on me as well, is that. As women, we definitely are more empathetic. We want to create peace. But the interesting thing is that we want to create it for everybody else. You know, I noticed myself and other women around me that we were very good at defending other people, helping other people, being able to negotiate for other people or for other things or for the family. But yet, I see many women lacking the ability to negotiate to ourselves. And that is where I saw myself as well many, many years uh, when I was noticing that I never knew how to negotiate my salary. Um, I actually did my calculation about five years ago and realized how much money I have left on the table because I just didn't know how to negotiate. I didn't know how to, um, you know, aside from first generation um Hispanic born that went to university, just didn't know how to navigate even to, to find jobs that will pay me better. I didn't know that companies could, you know, mentor you and, and get you to a point where they can bring you into leadership just because you have a bachelor's degree. Um, I started working, uh, you know, after getting my bachelor's degree, imagine this, I was working as a receptionist with a bachelor's degree back in the days when a bachelor's degree was very valuable, right? Right now, the currency is about having a master's degree and not, right? So that's where I noticed, and that's where I started uh, developing a course, actually, in it's called Negotiating the High Heels of a Smart Negotiator, right? Um, and, and that is where I talk about three important things. One of them is that I work with women to deprogram the way that we were raised, not only as a society, also through our culture and the way our parents raise us up. There's no way that you can bring skills into a, a women if we don't deprogram them from that and create awareness on that because they might have the skills, but they will still have the psychological blockage that will not allow them to stand up and negotiate for themselves. So I, I you know, I work with them on, on making sure that they create awareness as to how society sees us and how is it that in the, because of society, we sometimes don't negotiate? 
we're still, as you can hear the research, we're still like 25 cents behind the dollar that, that men earn, right? So we need to close that gap because now, year after year, we see how much value women bring into all of the organizations. And and that is where, you know, that is very important that we need to make sure that we create awareness around that. Then tooling the women to be better negotiators so that we can bridge that gap. One of the things that it's happening this coming year, that it's going to be something that is going to revolutionize us as women, is that there's going to be a law that for now moving forward, companies are going to have to disclose. Not only the governmental companies, but also the private companies are going to have to show the salaries of everybody. It's going to be open to the public. I don't know if you have heard that that's going to be coming up next year. Um, and that's going to help us as women to really realize, first of all, I know that many of us are going to get upset and, and realize that men were being paid more than we were, right? But at the same time, it's going to help us to really use that anger towards energy that we can use to better skills ourselves, to go out and look for negotiation courses, to go out and talk to other women, to see how they've been doing in their jobs in order to negotiate if they're already up and about you know, in leadership positions. So that is very important. I think that women in, in negotiation skills are necessary for them to ascend in their career as leaders in the organization and actually to any women, right? So explain a little bit about the difference between negotiation skills and conflict resolution skills. So, you know, oftentimes those two ideas are sort of bundled. Those are connected ideas. But it would be helpful, I think, for our audience to understand the difference between conflict resolution, as your book describes, conflict mm -hmm. IQ, and negotiation skills, which are often very different. So can you talk a little bit about the two skills associated with conflict resolution and negotiation? Well, those are two things or two skills that we're constantly doing as we wake up out of our bed. We're constantly negotiating with ourselves. What are we going to do and how are we going to rearrange our to-do list during the morning? We're constantly in conflict trying to figure out what dress or what clothes are we going to wear that day. So those are two things that, you know, we're definitely doing every single day of our life, but we just don't pay attention, right? And both of them can be can be in an emotional state and it can be in a cognitive state, right? In an emotional state, it's more toxic, right? Because you get into an emotional state and where you want to either negotiate or resolve a problem, right? In, in, in resolving a problem or a conflict resolution resolving, you also use some skills in negotiation. Not all the time, but most of the time you do. In negotiation, you're also trying to resolve an issue, you know, an issue when it comes to disparity, one people having one less or more or negotiating how to you know, collaborate or, or be even in, in a situation. So they are kind of intertwined. And that's why, you know, they go hand in hand with the field of work that I do because they're intertwined one way or another, right? But we just don't pay attention. Then we have, this is the, the internal conflict and negotiation that we do with ourselves. And then we have the external one, the, the one that is the interpersonal, the one that we deal with people outside of us, right? That's another, you know, uh, framework with regards to those two. 
you negotiate with people outside of you and you also try to resolve conflict with 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 other people right so those are very intertwined but one of them it's more when it comes to uh conflict when when it comes to being more emotional it, it affects us more in where we tilt it to negotiation we can find an emotionally intelligent way to say you know what if I negotiate, I can find ways where the other person can can get their half and my, I can get my half, right? Obviously, there are personalities out there that want to negotiate a win-loss uh, uh, situation. Um, but in some way, negotiation doesn't have the stigma, right, of conflict resolution. That's why I came out with the book Conflict Intelligence, because I wanted to change that phrase so that people can realize the value of knowing how to negotiate and resolve conflict intelligently and not emotionally that can become to a very toxic thing, not only to your own health, right? Not only to you, to your own health, but also, you know, when you're exposing other people around you, when you're in conflict with other people, right? I, I just recently, this morning, I was watching a YouTube video that was, was talking about the research that has been done in where curiosity, which is one of the key components in being conflict intelligence, that curiosity, it's part of empathy. And, and when you go into a state of curiosity, it actually helps your health because you go into a state of oxytocin because you're nodding your head. You're interested in asking questions to the other person and you're in a state of empathy and it actually helps you in your own health. So imagine that. that. The power of these two skills. And for many years, you know, these two skills, probably negotiation was looked more upon when you're negotiating for money, things like that. But conflict resolution was a taboo word that you don't use in the workplace. That it doesn't, you know, in the workplace, it doesn't exist. But in reality... Now, with these past three years that we had had all of these turmoil, the pandemic, you know, us having to stay at home and, and dealing with not only conflict at home, but outside, we need those skills more and more. The leaders, actually, another article that I was just reading about HR people, our HR leaders. How is this that HR leaders are, are almost in the verge of quitting? There's so much burnout. Why is that? Because for a long time, HR people, HR professionals, were only taught about policies and procedures. And how do I know this? Because I went and took an entire certificate on it, trying to figure out how is it that HR field took out the people or the human side of it. And once again, these knowing these skills are valuable not only for your career, but also for your own health. That's perfect. So smart. Thank you, Yvette. Now, when people begin to embark on either conflict resolution or negotiation, especially for women, there's there's the sense of being intimidated, very intimidated with the idea of entering into a negotiation or entering into a, a situation that's going to be tense with conflict. So what do you recommend that women do to begin to gain the confidence that they need to enter into a negotiation with a sense of confidence, to be able to resolve conflict with a sense of equity and fairness? Well, that's a great question, Linda. And one of the things that I recommend in my book, it's about teaching people about levels of consciousness. 
And what is consciousness? It's literally just awareness, self-awareness of how is it that we are functioning from within, inside out, right? And how to understand how we do the negotiation of the conflict resolution and, and that perhaps in the past, it has not helped us as much. A lot of people don't feel comfortable having those difficult conversations because they fear of their own emotions and that that they can impose on others or that that it will have on others once we're having those difficult conversations. So that is in reality what people are fearing, you know, and what women will fear. And, and I'm telling everybody, fear is our own emotions and our own not having that self-awareness of how to shift their consciousness to be able to negotiate and resolve conflict from a different level of where we created that scenario, right? If we go in, in any situation, with a level of consciousness of feeling fear, feeling um, worry, bringing back all of those experiences that we have had in the past that probably were not very good, we're in the loops. We're not going to be in a space in where we can negotiate, in where we can go into our heart, right, and have empathy, in where we can go into our brain and create curiosity, right, in order for us to be able to bring, you know, ourselves into the picture of what is it that we really want to have as an outcome in that conversation, not only for ourselves, but for the other individual involved or other individuals involved in the situation. So when we learn how to do that, you know, we're able to utilize the skills, you know, because then the skills are not going to work if you still have those emotional turmoils in, in your head, right? Then you can use your skills to be able to have those difficult conversations. And when you master those, both of those, then you become conflict intelligent. Then you become a, a, an intelligent negotiator. Okay. So I love that. And being able to be self-aware and control our fear, I think is really important. I've also heard that before you enter into a negotiation, it can be important to understand what the outcome is that you ideally want and mm -hmm. what you're willing to give up. So what you ultimately want to achieve and where your bottom line is, where, where those boundaries are that you're willing to compromise, and then those places where you're absolutely not willing to compromise. So what other tips would you give someone before they enter either conflict negotiation, conflict resolution, or some sort of negotiation, as you mentioned earlier, maybe it's about a raise or a promotion, or it's about salary and closing the salary gap. But what would you recommend that people do to prepare for a difficult conversation like that? Well, you mentioned something very important. You mentioned about partner, your best alternative to negotiation. You have to do your homework when you go into a negotiation place or, or you're going to resolve or work on a resolving a situation. You have to really sit down and really make and do your homework. What is your best alternative to negotiation? What is it that you're willing to live with? And what is it that you say, you know, probably this is not going to work, but maybe I can negotiate something else. And then you have to become creative. You you ask people, what else can you negotiate, you know, other than salary? And some people say, well, I don't know. And there's so many things that you can negotiate, but we're not aware of that because we have never thought about. It. And obviously, valuing yourself as an asset to the company 
in knowing that your career, for example, your career is of most value to you more than to the other person. That is also very important to have that in, in mind. Then you have what not, you know, what you're willing to walk away and be done with it and say, you know, this is not working for me. I, I'm, I don't think that I'm going to have the outcome that I wish to have here, but I'm willing to walk away and, and leave and not regret and leave that energy where it is. Leave the situation as it is. So you really need to do your homework in order to be able to do that. That's wonderful. Really, really smart advice, Yvette. Thank you so much. I can't believe it, but we're almost at our time together. So I'm going to ask you our last question, which I know is going to be inspirational to our entire audience. And that is about leadership advice. Yvette, what leadership advice have you received throughout your career that you'd like to pass on to our audience that's been really impactful, maybe even transformational for you that you'd like to share with our audience? I think that it's important always to have a mentor or a coach with you all the time. And not only one, you know, surround yourself with people that are more intelligent than you. Because if you surround with people that are more intelligent than you, most likely than not, you're going to learn more and you're going to expand and grow. So I know sometimes we feel very uncomfortable. It used to happen to me. But I also remember that I had to feel uncomfortable because I was in a space where I was going to be stretched and I was going to learn. So be aware that you're going to feel uncomfortable when you look or seek for mentors that are more intelligent than you or have more knowledge than you. You're in it for the growth, right? I think that that would be something that I would suggest to any, any young leader, any young women or anybody that that wants to develop themselves. The other thing is that Never stop learning. Never stop learning. Always try to talk to other people and see what they're reading. You know, sometimes in an airplane, I just look around and I just glance to people's books of see what they're reading. And, and it is very interesting, you know, to learn what pe other people are reading. Ask other mentors, ask other colleagues, what is it that they're reading, right? Because we have, a, you know, we're, we're in a very special time in our life where we have information and knowledge just at a tip of our fingers you know you can read books in online you can you can you know sometimes there's free books that you can even read from from authors that you know per, perhaps have passed away but their their knowledge is still very relevant and very valuable right now so i think that those are the two things that i would recommend to continue learning surround yourself with people that are knowledgeable more intelligent and embrace the uncomfortableness so that you know that you're in a space of growth. I love that. That's so smart of that, especially embracing those times when you're uncomfortable because that's often preceded by a really remarkable breakthrough. If you're willing to go through the difficult times, the uncomfortable times, that almost always leads to a phenomenal personal or professional breakthrough, such wise counsel. Yvette, thank you so much for joining the Leadership Global Program. We are so excited that you were able to so generously share your expertise and knowledge with the Leadership Global audience. So thank you, Yvette. And I look forward to seeing you at upcoming events and listening and learning from you further. So thank you so much. Thank you, Linda, for inviting me to your audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. 
As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.